0: Coming up this morning, the Adelaide 36ers are making some moves. We tell you the latest on that. Who is the best one-two punch in the NBL right now? The South East Melbourne Phoenix, what can they do to turn things around when they play Sydney tomorrow night? And Illawarra, what a massive weekend it is for them. That's all coming up on NBL Now. Wednesday the 24th, of course, the Wednesday edition means that Derek Rucker is in the house. I'm Jack Heverin. D-Ruck, morning to you. Good morning, Jack. And uh, man, there's a lot to talk about. And I'm especially excited that
1: you're coming up to join me in in venue here for Brisbane versus Melbourne United. Everybody up here is pumped to see the great Jack Heverin, not to mention the legend (laughs) Andrew Gay.
0: So it's going to be a great night. No, I think they're excited to see Andrew Gaze. If you're looking for me, I'll be the one carrying his bags. So don't worry about any excitement for anyone other than the great Andrew Gaze. But I can't wait. Friday is going to be an amazing atmosphere. Hey, let's start with the Adelaide 36ers. Ogun Eulich reporting last night on overtime. The conversations have begun between the 36ers and Isaac Humphreys. There was and has been a lot of talk about DJ and and that looks like it's more likely than less likely to happen. Isaac Humphries, multi-year deal in Adelaide. Do you like it? I certainly do.
1: And not only is he playing very well at the moment, especially under Scott Nennis, who's taken over and got this team going in the right direction, but there's just a lack of quality Australian big men, and it's so hard to go out in the import market and try and get somebody who can be productive at the right price. So if you've got a good Aussie big man, like, this, like the Sixers do at the moment, and Humphreys is still a young man. He's in good shape now. It looks like he's overcome those injury challenges that plagued him for a number of seasons. you got to lock him away for three years, Jack, and then you don't have to worry about that. You know you've got one of the top big men in the league. He's a local talent. If you can add DJ to the mix, you've got an inside-outside local presence, and now you can go get
0: imports to fill around those guys. So what about Trey then? This is the other thing that the guys debated last night on overtime. If you're going off the last five or six weeks, he's been an outstanding form. But the season and a half before that with Southeast Melbourne and with Adelaide has been a little inconsistent. What do you do there? See, I saw potential
1: in him when he was with Southeast Melbourne where a lot of people kind of knocked him. I thought that he looked like he could be a really good player in this league. Now, this run he is on now certainly isn't enough to let me like put him up in some esteemed category. I think he's a good player, but I need to see this really, really consistently over the balance of the season. And if they continue to win games with him performing at a high level, then I'm going to lock him down for two years also, Jack. So he's on a little four or five game audition right now to get a two-year deal provided. That is something that he's interested in. He seems like a quality guy. He's shown that he can he can perform at the level. I just want to see if he can close out the season strong and maintain
0: good health. Well, they've all got good momentum at the moment. The Adelaide 36ers. And as I mentioned last week, I was in Adelaide and 36ers fans are feeling good at the moment, which is exciting. Now, up on the NBL's social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, the questions being asked... Over the last 24 hours, the best one two punch in the NBL. Some of the nominations include Chris Golding and Joe lawala Chul at Melbourne United, Bryce Cotton and Keanu Pinder of the Perth Wildcats, DJ Vasilievich and Isaac Humphreys, who we've just been talking about with Adelaide, and Parker, Jackson Cartwright, and Anthony Lamb of the New Zealand Breakers. You've had a bit of time to think about this. Where have you landed? Well, being a historian,
1: more of a traditionalist, Jack, I'm going to go with the guys that I know can get it done, and that's JLA and CG. I think Melbourne United have achieved so much with these two guys as kind of the focal points that it's hard to go past them, even though JLA is not in the lineup right now, and Melbourne United haven't really been performing at the high level that we thought you know, we'd see coming down the stretch Now, who's after those guys? Who is a real good challenger? I think it's Cotton and Pender. Pender is really good defensively, and I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. If you look at his individual defensive rating, it's around 104. We know what he provides offensively. We know what he provides athletically, and I think he's a guy that's only going to continue to get better. And a pairing that I thought coming into the season that should be in there, but no one's giving them any love and that's Adams and Hogue at Sydney. Jack, mm. that should have been the number 1 pairing this season, no doubt. Hogue hasn't been healthy and Adams hasn't quite hit his stride, although he played, he's played decent, but he hasn't been that MVP level guy. Those are the two that I feel is kind of the lost the lost potential uh best pairing
0: in the league. The other one could have been Creek and Williams, and we haven't seen a lot of Alan Williams in recent times. Mitch Creek started the season really well, has fallen away. Ruck, what can the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix do tomorrow night against Sydney? They're playing in the heartland at the State Basketball Centre. They've lost their last, eight of their last nine, I should say, by an average of 25 points. Now, I'll be totally honest. I'm doing this game tomorrow night on the coverage. I'm finding it really hard to find a positive with the Phoenix at the moment. Can you find one for me? The plan in the heartland, So they better show some heart. They've got to come
1: out there and just play hard. That's the positive attribute I'd be looking for if I was a fan, if I was head coach Mike Kelly, if I was front office exec Tommy Greer. Who wants to finish strong? Who really wants to be a part of this program? Now, given the topsy-turvy, unpredictable nature of this league, anything's liable to happen, Jack. But I think it means too much to Sydney. This game is too important. They've slipped out of the top four. They understand the difficulty they face if they are a play-in team trying to achieve a championship. So I expect Sydney's best effort, not only in the heartland, but come Sunday against Melbourne also.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the other. It's a really good point. We're both going to be there on Sunday Sunday. Provided that Sydney get through tomorrow night, and and they should obviously at the moment given Southeast Melbourne's troubles, the attention then very quickly turns to Sunday against Melbourne United, two of the fiercest rivals in the competition. That game ruck is is really big for both teams when you think about it. It is,
1: and you know, as a preface to that game, because what happens Friday night here in Brisbane with Melbourne United and Brisbane, I think will significantly impact how Melbourne United come out on Sunday. If they're able to knock off Brisbane, well, you might get a less motivated Melbourne United on Sunday, which could work to Sydney's advantage. And we're at that fantastic part of the season where every game matters and teams are looking for the slightest advantages, any bump in momentum that they can gain. And, Sunday's game is going to come down to can Sydney force tempo, play upbeat, do a good job defensively, get easy buckets in transition, because I don't think that they can beat Melbourne United in a half-court, slow down slog of a game.
0: It's funny, you look at this round, Rocky, in golf, they call the third day moving day. That's, that's where everything starts to take shape heading into the last day. I think this is our moving round and and because there are a lot of games but there are also a lot of teams playing double headers this to me feels like it could be Illawarra's moving round they've got Perth away on Thursday night and then New Zealand at home at the back end of the weekend um what happens if they lose both
1: well firstly let's hit that analogy you just struck wow gold star for you Jack Heverin <laughs> um Illawarra this is it and do you feel like some of the helium came out of the balloon last week for Illawarra? It just feels like that cans moment where Lap Mayan knocks down that three ball to walk off, that may have been the one that really hurt them. And I'm curious to see how they rebound as a group, if they can ramp the energy back up, because they must get one of these two to stay alive. It's a tough weekend for them. If they lose two, Jack, it's a wrap. And you can kind of start looking towards next year, trying to get Justin Tatum signed up and start looking at what key pieces you want to retain. But I'm I'm real curious to see what this relatively young team and a team that's playing off a of newfound confidence, now they're under so, some real pressure. I want to see how they bounce back with two games this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point, Rock. It feels like this is the first time under Justin Tatum that they're being tested.
1: Yeah, it's easy when you're out there playing carefree and nobody expects you to do anything. A lot of people can thrive in that situation, but when expectations are increased and opponents start to scout you a little bit harder, start taking you a little bit more seriously, then it's a true measure of where you're at as a program.
0: Let's finish off with the coach of the year conversation because I think we're well and truly cut and dried when it comes to the MVP conversation Uh, Your boy, Damon Lowry, I don't know what it is about you two. like the odd couple, but you just seem to work. You were fantastic on Sunday together. Damon, yesterday on this show with Joel said that he thinks now Justin Shuler has to be in serious conversation for the coach of the year. You see the Brisbane Bullets up close, but you obviously analyze everyone as well. Where where are you landing on this conversation right now? First of all, let's talk about Lowry because I think he's probably (laughs) come.
1: You familiar with our relationship? I got a text from him at 3.35 a.m. Suggesting I listen to a podcast. Dane, bro, I'm an early riser, but 3.35, get some more sleep. Okay, Justin Schuler has done a fantastic job in developing players, okay? Does he have players this season performing better than we anticipated? He does. Sam McDaniel's been a lot better than we anticipated, okay? Is his team defensively good? Because we know that's the key to success in this league. They've been number three, number four, number five all season. The eye test. What does the team look like when you see them in huddles, when you see them at shooting practice together? How do they look as a group? They look united. They look strong. And can he lead them? Well, I think we've seen enough evidence to say that he has their ears, and that they want to play hard for him. So where does he fit in the overall equation? I got him number three. I now have really one, Vickerman two, Schuler three. If you finish in the top five in coach of the year, that's a tremendous honor. That means you've done a fantastic job. The NBL is blessed with outstanding coaches. It's always been the case, and Shuler has made a strong claim in only his first season as one of the best coaches in the league.
0: I am 100% with you on, John, really. Dean Vickerman has led the way all season long. Now, I'm not jumping off Melbourne United, and and Dean's outstanding. There's a reason Mm. that they signed him to a five-year deal, because he's one of the very best coaches in the country. But I think, Ruck, this is a coach of the year for different reasons. So often, we talk about the team who finished top and led the way and have been the benchmark all season long. Perth may very well finish top. But from where they were and what John's been able to do to get them in a position to finish top, to me, that's, that's, that's unrivaled this season. And
1: look, he's been dealing with injuries also. We've made a lot of mention about Melbourne United's struggles, but John really has had to do the same thing. And the fact that they go on the road and play so well is a big, big bonus to him. And look, you know, I'm sure Dean Vickerman would like to win the award. But if he has someone, one of his former charges in Justin Schuler, in the running too, I'm sure he takes some some satisfaction in knowing that, hey, a guy from my coaching tree is doing well. That means a lot in the coaching industry.
0: Well, that's us done and dusted for the show. My big question now for you, Ruck, is Gazy and I are coming up on Friday. What sort of hospitality have you got organized for us? Oh, don't worry. I've got you all sorted out. If you like steak,
1: vegetables and potatoes we are sorted
0: that's a that's an andrew Gay's meal if i've ever heard it that's just that is drewy down to the ground <laughs> ruck have a great day as always thanks for chatting this morning all right jack be good thanks for being with us we are back tomorrow on MBL now